Hello and welcome! Thank you so much for joining us on Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. And today we're featuring another Tiger Launch competitors team called Plexus, which is a company focused on a new way of taking notes, which takes together the sort of machine learning, artificial intelligence to make your notes intelligent, pretty much. It's actually fascinating. You'll see. It has incredible potential and people in Tiger Lounge loved it, the judges loved it and I found it particularly fascinating, their pitch was absolutely incredible and they shared a lot of very interesting things on this very chat about technology, about running a team remotely. I'm sure you're gonna love the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us and please welcome Davy Morse and Leo Srimkovic Rupsamen. Uh, well, we're so excited to be joined by another two competitors from Tiger Lounge. Um, now with a um, with a very exciting company that I actually saw a pitch of. We're recording this on Tuesday, and we had Tiger Lounge was on Saturday, so it's incredibly exciting to have you guys here. Uh, they actually placed second in Tiger Lounge. They did an incredible job, and the job the judges were very impressed uh, which with what they have done, which is an awesome app about which we're gonna talk about a bit uh, later in the conversation. So excited to have you guys here and let's maybe begin since, as I said, TL was so recent. Uh, let's start maybe with some of your impressions um, of, you know, what did you guys think about the competition? Are you satisfied with the result? Was that what you expected? Uh, and yeah, how did it play out? David, do you wanna share your thoughts? Sure, yeah. Um, I think we were, we were excited to participate. I think we feel mixed about second, but generally happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was a great experience, both to you know to actually pitch in the competition and think about how we wanted to present Plexus, but also the events leading up were really helpful, like being paired with a mentor, and in particular like the the resin D, I think is how you say it, design sessions. Um, that that was mm -hmm. very helpful for us. We got a lot of interesting feedback about how how our website looks and might function. So I, I think overall very satisfied. Awesome. Uh, Leo, what's your what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think I have very similar uh, feelings about it as Davey. It was super awesome to be a part of, and I'm really glad that we got the opportunity to go through the whole process. Having the mentor, Bill Leslie was our mentor. Shout out, Bill. Um, <laughs> was great. He was super helpful for just walking through everything to do with pitching and that kind of thing. This is like my first time I've ever done a pitch, so not really in my wheelhouse, and it was really nice to walk through our like the various iterations of our pitch with him. Um, and yeah, also the, the Resindy sessions were great. Um, yeah, I thought it was incredibly well run. Obviously, like, you can always want to go for first, but second place we're also super stoked about. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Wait, David, did you, have you ever participated in a startup pitch competition with Plexus or? I, I two oh. years ago, um, I participated in Williams Venture Pitch Contest and we got second there as well. And, and the Williams Venture Pitch Contest is not the... Um, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, it's a smaller school, there aren't as many teams competing and there wasn't as much of a lead up. Like this definitely felt a little bit more legitimate in some ways. Um, and also the comp, like the other teams that were competing were just so, so impressive. I thought yeah, like so the, impressive. like the team that had a NASA contract already and like that hardware for <laughs> detecting like COVID, like that could help with COVID tests, but also all sorts of other tests. I, we were, I don't know, we were sort of blown away by some of them. Yeah, listening to the pitches, it was Davey and I, and uh, there's a few other people on our team as well, just like texting around like, wow, that was like insane. <laughs> like, you just, you know, they have a NASA contract. We're just like texting each other rapidly as we were like listening to the pitches before us and after us. It's just yeah. incredibly impressive to see what the, just like a community of students is able to come up with. 
Yeah, well, awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed TL. Uh, I'm glad you liked the teams. Well, you guys did an incredibly impressive job as well. I can tell you that Tigerland Trampers were very <laughs> impressed with what you guys developed. So I'm pretty sure the reaction of other teams to what you guys presented was also very, very similar in that regard. Uh, so I'm glad you enjoyed the competition, but let's talk about you guys and your guys' story. So uh, Leo, if you want to kick us off and, you know, tell us a bit, how did you get into where you're not when you're now, which is, you know, the path of entrepreneurship and of course tell us where you're studying uh, because yeah we didn't do proper intros so tell us where you're studying and also how what are some of the memories that you have the earliest memories with entrepreneurship that led you all this way here it's a good question um so i i go to princeton i guess um i'm a rising sophomore at princeton in my class now yeah exactly Who would have thought? 2024. um <laughs> and so i just took a gap year last year because of it was for COVID reasons. Um, and then it happened that at the very beginning of my gap year, D Davey and I, okay, a little bit of context. Davey and I went to the same high school. So we know each other from high school. Um, so he texted me at the very beginning of the summer. So like August or end, end of the summer, right, right before like I took my gap year. Talking about Plexus, I had heard about Plexus a few times. Like we had talked about it through high school. It's always been in the back of his mind. Um, and he had started to make it real. I'll, I'll let him tell that part of the story, but he reached out to me in August. Um, and we started talking about Plexus again. I sent you, I sent you like an algorithm, right? Like yeah, the yeah. text, the code yeah. for an algorithm that I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah. We have, yeah. Some very nerdy text exchanges happened. <laughs> Talked a lot about algorithms. I'm, my background in coding is more um, like data science-y and more mm -hmm. backend stuff. So yep. like going into a world of web apps was like really not my wheelhouse. I've never coded in JavaScript before. Um, my main was like Python, R, SQL, like data science and stuff. Um, so I got super into the algorithms that Davey was sending me and got super excited by the possibilities of this new thinking tool. And yeah, the rest is history. Then I joined Plexus, was the algorithms engineer, learned JavaScript, started coding, yeah. That's, yeah. my, that's my Plexus story. I haven't really been involved in entrepreneurship before Plexus, so I guess that was the start that's of my entrepreneurship journey. Well, but that's great. That's such a great start. I mean, I think you're really killing it. If that's the beginning of your journey, I have to say, I think that's a pretty good first step. But yeah, it's awesome. You know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, in Princeton and everywhere else are on gap years now, and you can see this creativity and, you know, willingness to engage. Uh, I think your story very well illustrates that. Uh, but then, uh, Davey, I'll ask you the same question. So how did you get into entrepreneurship? And if you could also introduce to us, you know, how did Plexus come together? And, you know, you mentioned it's actually been around for, for a while now. Uh, so if you could tell us the, you know, the backstory behind it, that would be awesome. Definitely. So I guess I, I got involved in entrepreneurship or like I'm only involved in entrepreneurship insofar as I'm involved in Plexus. Um, like I, I was never sort of, it was never an idea of mine to like want to start a company or like, you know, just like do the things that I've heard entrepreneurs do. I just had this idea on my mind for like the longest time and more recently I wanted to bring it to life. And I think that's sort of what's, what's brought us into the realm of entrepreneurship. Um, but I guess it started like a long time ago, like in, uh, when I was in middle school and like learning to write essays, I like learning to write was such a painful process for me because I remember like writing an essay about, about this book, The Giver by Lois Lowry in, in seventh grade. And like, I had all of these ideas. I remember like in my head, like swirling and yet like every time I tried to get them down on paper, I felt like something was missing. Like I felt like there was something that was getting lost. 
And, you know, we all get used to learning how to write and, and take notes and try to get our thoughts down as well as we can. We all do. But I remember like sort of in that process, I never forgot the difference that I felt that there was between like what, what we could actually get down and express and what like the life that all of our ideas and thoughts have in our heads. And like, in particular, the connections that all of these thoughts have to each other, you know, um, that's something that is very hard to get into a single stream of bullet points or like a, you know, a, which are just stacked on a page and fit well onto a piece of paper, but don't, they never felt like they totally reflected um, how we think. So that, that was sort of the beginning. Um, and yeah. And so that, that was percolating for a while. I, uh, in high school, I was just like sitting with that. Um, I, I explored concept mapping a lot, which is this method of like, of recording ideas that isn't totally conventional, but um, it lo just looks like drawing circles around ideas and lines between lines between those ideas. So it's a very visual kind yeah. of diagram. But anytime you do that on a piece of paper, it's a total mess. And I, I liked it because I, I thought it represented my thoughts better and I could connect any two things I'd ever written rather than with bullet points, it's hard to like, the you know, one bullet point is really only connected visually to the one that comes before and after it. Um, but with concept mapping, you can draw lines everywhere. And even if it's a mess, it's sort of fun. So um, I'd been exploring that for a while. Um, and then, so I'd been exploring that for a while. And then I, uh, after high school, I was talking with one of my computer science, Leo and my computer science teacher from high school. And um, he recommended, I, I'd been telling him a little bit that I wanted to make a new kind of interface, like a, a neater concept mapping tool that happened digitally, because lines are crossing like crazy on a piece of paper when, when you're doing that. And I wanted to make a digital version that sort of would reorganize stuff well so that you could actually like connect any two ideas and sort of get a big view of all of your ideas and zoom in to see particular details. Um, and he gave me a couple of recommendations about like how to learn to build a website to do that. And I spent the whole summer before college just trying to learn to do that. And, and then even into my freshman year at Williams, I was taking classes. I sort of, I loved my classes. I was really liking the friends I was meeting, but I had these moments when I was like sitting in class and and like, you know, I, I love learning. I love school generally. Like, I, I think it's such a wonderful and rich experience to be able to like, and especially in a college setting, like it was unlike anything in high school to get, you know, a philosophy class from an awesome professor, then like a math class and a computer science class. Like I, I liked what was going on. And yet I just, I remember feeling like I could either be sort of like enriching my own sort of ability to take in this knowledge or I could, and, and taking notes the normal way, or I could be like, like, what if I had a tool right now that, like, let me put everything I was ever learning in the same web? Like, not in separate notebooks, not on separate pages, but, like, in the same web so that I could actually use it again. And, like, and that thought kept recurring every time i do, like, dense climate change readings and take math classes and whatever it was. I just felt like all these ideas, like, I wanted them in the same place so that I could use them again. And notebooks don't, don't let you do that. And the more knowledge I was collecting, the more, like, you know, urgent that problem seemed to be and it's not a problem you know it's it's a great situation to be in but it's mm -hmm. it was something I was feeling so strongly and I couldn't you know I, I couldn't focus on my classes so well um so that was sort of the situation in the fall and then I was walking in Presky Center which is like William's main student center on campus with our good friend oh. and we and about the winter and we passed a sign that said there was a venture contest on campus um and at that point, this was sort of just like in my mind and in a bit of code on my computer, but there was no other existence of Plexus. It wasn't even called Plexus, you know, it was just like Davy's weird note-taking app. Um, and <laughs> and so we, we passed a sign and my friend Noah was like, oh, we should, you should just do this, like, you know, make it a little realer. I was like, okay. So then I brought Noah and two other friends on board 
we, we, they helped me figure out how to explain this because I was so deep in Plexus that like I couldn't even come up with words to describe it to a normal person. Um, and we, the four of us sat in a room in a classroom, I remember very clearly, like writing stuff on the whiteboard, like trying to figure out how to actually convey the main parts of this to other people. Um, and then we worked really hard and we, we were in second place at Williams Venture Contest for what at the time we called Plexus and it was just like a dynamic concept mapping tool. It was a very visual thing where mm -hmm. you could just make notes on the computer, you could draw lines between them and it would sort of, if you pressed like Command L, it would reorganize it all for you so it looked nice. Um, that's what it was at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then anyway, there's been a lot of stuff in between, but um, we realized pretty soon after that that like even a visual tool like that was very cool, but it wasn't going to be sort of mainstream in the way that I like we wanted it to be. Like it could really like mm -hmm. we, we thought that if this is a better way to record ideas, like we should make it accessible to everyone. Um, and I think the, the step that we've been taking basically over the past two years has been to try to use the same kind of structure for storing ideas, the same web of ideas that sort of is inspired by how people think, but also um, but, but make it so that it's in an interface on a computer that someone's familiar with already, like a document type of format where that you can type and we're actually sort of helping you make the connections and build the web as you do sort of the input process that you're used to. Yeah. Yeah, well, wow, they, that, is, that is a lot, but that's such an incredible story. And, you know, I've, I'm talking to a lot of people on this podcast, like every week, uh, a lot of, you know, CEOs and founders, and I really see your passion for this project. Like I understand how, oh, why you're so involved in this. That's absolutely awesome. Thanks so much for sharing this incredible story. Uh, and I tend to Leo because you're the, well, you're the person behind the algorithms now. Uh, tell us exactly how this works from the perspective of a user. So if I pull up Plexus in the fall, hopefully of, uh, of this year, uh, what will I see and how exactly does the app work? Um, that's a great question. Um, so as a person who opens Plexus Notes or Plexus, PlexusNotes.com, sorry, um, you're greeted by the beautiful blank page of Plexus. And so you can just input any notes or upload any notes into that, mm -hmm. um, into the Plexus main page. And what's happening on the background or in the back, like the magical side is we connect your con or your notes, like we extract concepts and um, like related phrases. So we, we pull out repeating phrases and make those into concepts. And then the back end is just this big knowledge web that Davey's talking about. So your notes are, as you type them, automatically we find any repeating phrases or anytime you've referenced a concept before. And we connect the new note like in the place where it would be in the knowledge graph. Mm -hmm. So like if you're talking about, I always use the example American Revolution. So if you're writing notes about the American Revolution, you talk about the final battle of Yorktown, that will like connect into every time you've ever mentioned the American Revolution before, ever mentioned the Yorktown or that chunk of, where is Yorktown? Is that, I, don't, I don't even know. Somewhere in, somewhere on the Eastern seaboard. <laughs> It'll connect to that. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is, well, it's a fairly complex idea. Well, the, the way I thought of this, is it like, can I define it as note-taking with like AI supporting you and like making connections for you, sort of? Yeah, yeah, you can, to put it in the words that Davey was using, it's it's like using, the experience is of using like a normal, like common day note-taking. Like you're just taking notes in bullets and like what's the usual note-taking way now. So like same way than notability, Except the cool part is in the back end, we're making the concept map for you. 
-hmm. So like, as you're writing these notes in like the traditional note taking sense, that's like pretty common for everybody. We, the magical end, or I guess like the algorithms are building this concept map. And when we have this concept map, it allows us to do a lot of really cool stuff. And that's where like the cool algorithms get in. And that's like the part that I'll, I can nerd out about for years. <laughs> once we have a concept map, like having data in a graphical setting allows you to do really cool things like summaries. You can make summaries of like certain sections of a graph. You can zoom in, you can zoom out. A lot of really cool stuff. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the future of Plexus. Absolutely. And I mean, well, you know, I've seen your guys' demo. I think that's particularly impressive. The demo that you guys had on Tiger Lounge. So I don't know how I can describe it to our listeners, but it's absolutely astonishing. It just takes a bunch of your notes and it just kind of, you know, makes a nice little summary for you. It's absolutely astonishing. And, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that actually, you know, in action. I know if I'll be able to use it with Princeton's honor code. I hope I will. I think we talked about this at some point during our one of the times we met earlier. Uh, but yeah, it sounds absolutely awesome. And I have to say, your your guys is, the demo that you guys had was absolutely impressive. And well, the judges seemed to be impressed if they gave you the second prize as well. Uh, so, but well, you know, kind of um, moving on from the nice stuff because it's all, everything sounds amazing. But Davy, I have to ask you since well, you've been with Plexus for for quite a while. What are some of the biggest challenges that you guys have encountered throughout this time? Yeah, um, no, that's a great question. I think, well, there are definitely, there have been a few kinds of challenges. I think, like, originally, the first for me was just, I felt, I felt, like, deeply isolated in, in this, because I, I had this, like, idea in my mind that was captivating me, but at the same time, I couldn't convey so well to my peers or, like, people around me, and, um, and to just be working, working on that alone, because I had the conviction that it was important, but, like, not, not have community around it was um like it was it was hard to be a student at Williams and do Plexus at the same time I definitely I stretched myself thin I would I try to code at night and then do my classes and get just to get by and you know I, I was like fine at doing that but that doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel like I'm being a student in the same way that all my friends are um that was a personal challenge I think having building community around Plexus like getting Leo on board now we're a team of five it's starting to feel so much more like the vision I have for this thing is just distributed among all of us and and that's a beautiful thing, like to to have it have been like at one point it was totally a delusion, and now it's just a delusion that the five of us carry around, um, and maybe maybe the judges that Tiger launch a little bit too. So, <laughs> um, so I guess that's one challenge. Um, I guess uh, another challenge I can speak to just briefly is that like we had never, you know, like in, when you're learning to code in a computer science class at Princeton or Williams, it's not not teaching you how to like how to build a website you know they're teaching you some basic programming fundamentals that have been really important to all of us mm -hmm. when we're coding but so much of code like it, it's sort of like the easy part of coding is doing the stuff that would be a homework assignment in a class like when the bounds are set when the problem is clearly defined and when you have all the resources at your fingertips like doing a problem is like is that's like that's when Leo and I feel like we're coasting you know the the part of coding that is like building a totally new type of technology that's a lot harder is just even figuring out where to start. Like, like there's so much shit on the internet and, <laughs> and it's impossible to sort through all of it and figure out the best thing like very quickly. You, you have to, it takes so much scraping and like then we talk to each other and try to figure out if that's the right approach and then we do some more scraping through the web and try to figure out what the right approach is and we try to figure out engineers who have worked with similar technologies before. We try to get in touch with them. Like we go back to what we're doing. We reassess, we reevaluate, like we take another pass. It's all of this messy stuff in between. And like, and that's just, I don't know. It's a part of coding that I think doesn't come out through the academic side of it. Yeah. 
Wow, that's that, that's great. But then wait, so is everyone on your team a coder slash computer science person? Um, Maybe. No, it's mo. So currently there were five people. Four of us are are coding. Um, I, I'm also oh. doing more more outreach these days. I'm I'm trying to split a little bit just because we have a lot like a lot of stuff to convey and like we're trying to create the channels yeah. to, to do our launch but also leo's good friend um peter peter karpov who was brought on in in the winter of this year he's fully dedicated to outreach um and he he helped mm-hmm. lead our first like two our first pilot program with a few do- with a dozen college students to just see how they use plexus and get feedback and iterate help us iterate quickly um so he's yeah he, he's not a coder yeah, well, the reason why I ask is I was about I was about to ask Leo how does it you know how is it being the algorithm developer for you know uh, a head algorithm developer for such a startup which I assumed would be a bit less tech heavy but you guys seem to be all very tech heavy but in either case I assume Leo as being very involved in the very technical side of things you also encountered some uh, some challenges can you share with us what you have learned through these and what some of these were. Oh my god, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, coding is not easy. <laughs> like, there's not a single part of it that's easy. Um, so what's a what's a what's one challenge that I can pick out? Um, I don't know. I guess like the biggest thing for me this year has just been learning like all this new kinds of like technologies that I or just like the fact of like learning in isolation. So like mm-hmm. I I have not seen Davy since we graduated high school, I think, and I have not met any of the other engineers ever that are on the team because we're like doing this purely through zoom um so the only other person who i've met on the team is peter who's just like a friend of mine who also goes to princeton um so like learning how to learning the whole code base at the beginning of the summer without ever interacting with davy except through like phone calls and then also learning like whatever we use a pretty i guess it's pretty well well used now but react is like this web app plugin for javascript um so learning a bunch of new technologies in isolation and then applying them to a code base that I'd whatever never seen before. Um, I think was definitely it was, it was a complete mess. <laughs> yeah, it was a complete mess for months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So I think yeah, I think just like getting up to speed with the skills that um SAC developers mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, you know, I understand it's difficult. And I mean, from my perspective, you know, we also all, uh, you know, are learning through Zoom and it's annoying and sad. But also, I think your guys' story to an extent proves that even in this sort of a difficult setting, when you know you have not even met most of the people on your team, you can still make something that's absolutely incredible. You can create a product that, you know, for a lot of people is, you know, kind of, you know, unthinkable uh, of how far you can get there, which, so I think that's, that's awesome about this story. Uh, and, you know, just to transition from this, actually, um, to one of the questions I always ask people who are on this podcast, um, is sort of, um, you know, to, to slowly, um, to slowly wrap up, but also provide some value for the people who are listening to this, who might be, you know, in a similar situation as you guys are. So perhaps, you know, they're either in school now, or they're thinking of starting something, or they have an idea, but they still don't really know where to start. What are some of the most important things that you guys you think you have learned for your journey with Plexus and what would you say to them um in terms of you know the steps that they should be able uh, that they should be taking uh to you know to make their dreams a, re- a reality David do you want to start yeah sure um no I think it's I think it's an important thing because oftentimes like I, yeah I was definitely in the, that position too a while ago where I was just struggling to figure out how like how this thing in my head was ever going to make it into the world and um I think the first place to start is always with people around you like 
if you can find people who who you can like who, who can see a little bit of what you see like whatever it is you know not just for a thinking tool like Flexus, but but you like you know anything if you can convince someone a little bit they can like sort of take a piece of your mind and feel like they they can see it with you like that that not only feels so good for you because it's it's like you know slowly this thing is starting to come alive but also like it's just been invaluable for me to have like or you know to have a team like to to be working with other people and doing something that is bugging you or that you want to do is like I think it's one of the best feelings in the world like like I, I don't know if there's anything anything better than working as a part of like a team of people who like you trust you you like think are gonna aim as big as you are and like and and so that's like that's really comforting um I think generally too like talking with tons of people like I at first the form of flexus we were going to build for a while was something that was pretty even though it was cool to some people it was inaccessible to so many others um and it was only sort of after doing you know at first I was sort of totally in my own head about it but like after doing some delayed like we, we just got a lot of feedback from a lot of people and realized pretty quickly that like uh we couldn't transition everyone in the world right away to a totally new, like visual kind of note-taking system. Like people have all, are used to all sorts of things in their taking. And so whatever it is, I imagine that there are all sorts of things that people have with current behavior that's going to prevent them from like switching immediately to a new kind of thing and, and talking with people so that you can get feedback in their and their thoughts on like what, what the best transition might be, like how you can, you know, how you can bring something to life that can help them, but also feel familiar and like, create a smooth transition for them at the same time is, is important. Um, and I, and I wish, I wish we got a lot more feedback from people earlier. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing this. I think this is a lot of uh, great advice, a lot of great lessons. Uh, Leo, do you want to share your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, and I think we've talked about it quite a bit as a group, um, it's just that like college kids can do anything. Like that's a fact, like never <laughs> let anyone tell you like, you have to whatever take this class before you do this thing or like you have to graduate college before you do this thing like that's not like you can you can start an app with just four college kids like that's very possible even if they're part-time like working in school um like college kids are incredible <laughs> use them and if you are a college kid that means that you're you're also really powerful and can do a lot of cool stuff so i would never just never like doubt your skills even if you don't have the skills yet don't doubt, don't doubt your abilities to gain those skills by yourself. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Thank you so much guys for, for sharing this. I think this is a lot of uh, great advice and you guys are doing amazing. I think your app is amazing. Your team seems to have a really good spirit. At least, you know, from just talking to two of you guys, I think you're really, you know, building a really solid team there. And I think you guys are going to do amazing things. And, you know, for this amazing things to happen, I think a lot of our listeners will want to follow you on this journey. So where can they find, David, do you want to share some of the uh, ways to follow Plexus and your guys' journey, your website, your... Yeah, yeah definitely. I think, um, I mean, I think the best way right now is we haven't, because we haven't fully launched yet, um, is if <laughs> someone's interested in, you know, what they've heard or, or Plexus as an idea or wants to follow up with us, um, just emailing us at, right now at, um, you can email team at plexusnotes.com um, and that'll, that'll forward to both Leo and me and we'll, we'll definitely respond to that. In terms of seeing things about Plexus that exist on the internet, there are a few scattered things. Um, maybe the best thing is we, we have this blog that's sort of tangentially connected with our development of the web app, but it was basically a few of our friends who we've picked or talked to who have been particularly interested in Plexus and wanted to share their thoughts, but not necessarily about what we're building, just about how thinking and technology intersect and what that might mean for people. Um, so we have this blog at plexusnotes.medium.com and that... Uh, 
yeah, and there, there are all these thoughts that are related to Plexus, and oftentimes the blog posts tie back to it, but it sort of, it might give you a sense of the spirit with which we're working on this. Um, and then the last thing is actually more specifically, we just published, um, we have, we've been sending all these newsletters out, but now they're on substack.com. So if you go to plexus.substack.com, you can see over the past, basically since the, since this previous summer, we have like a, a newsletter every month or every two months sort of describing our progress and what the biggest updates have been. Yeah, well, Medium and Substack, those are the two essential things for all the entrepreneurs, and I can see you're using that, so that's perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It was absolutely awesome, and, well, you know, we'll be watching Plexus closely from Tigerland, from uh, from Princeton, from our entrepreneurship club, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll be keeping our fingers crossed. You guys are doing, as I said, an awesome job already, uh, so I'm sure it will turn out great, but we'll be following your journey along. Congrats on Tigerland again. You guys did amazingly well, and... Yeah, thanks again for joining us today. It was absolutely awesome to have you guys on the show. Thanks so much, Ante. Thank you so much for tuning in into Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Tiger Lounge, as well as our incredible partners, Prospects to Ventures and Princeton Entrepreneurship Club. To learn more about the people who make this show possible, make sure to visit tigerlounge.com, psv.vc, and princetonecloud.com.